0: Hey, this is Dirk from Uren, from Megadeth, and you're listening to GhostCokeMag.com. Welcome back to the Ghost Magazine podcast. I'm your host, OJ. In today's episode, Keithy sits down with the great Jerry A. of Poison Idea. They talk all about the Badge Remix edition that just was put out, as well as life in Portland.
1: It gets pretty deep in this one. Ghost Cult Magazine welcomes in Jerry A. for Poison Idea. Jerry, how are you? Hey, how are you doing? Doing good tonight. Yeah, I'm really great. Uh, First of all, just fantastic to chat with you. I'm I'm slowly cutting my way through all the bands I grew up on. So this is amazing. This far into my career, I never I figured after the band kind of stopped being super active, I might never get to have this opportunity. So thank you right away. And uh, younger me would be super pumped that we got to chat about the badge. So the badge is getting a reimagining and a reissue for Record Store Day coming up very soon this spring here in 2023. And I just first things first, you know, how did this come about? Because I think it's a very unique uh, rendition and a unique situation.
0: Well, it kind of just fell out of the sky into my lap. Um, I didn't like everything in life. You don't plan it. It's just a it's already planned out for you from <laughs> for other other places. And um, I ran across, I met a Portland police officer, and um, he was he's actually played in a band at one time. He was a big fan of Poison Idea. He's a, he was a journalist at one time. We just started talking and talking and uh, about and especially about the badge because like when we wrote that song, it was our stance on how we felt about cops. And, you know, at that time in our lives, we, you know, we knew without a doubt that all cops were bastards. And here I am having beers and watching a concert with a cop and laughing with this person. And it kind of uh, made me question, like, I'm like, well, you know, it's like you meet people and you're supposed to be, it's like churches. You go to a church and they're supposed to be, you know, the pillar of what, you're supposed to live by and here this person is molesting a child. So it's just kind of not, everything is not what it is. There's no black and white in this world. And so we were talking and he was a musician and I've said, uh, you know, and I always ribbed him about that song because it's, you know, you can't get too much more anti-cop than, you know, maybe millions, millions of dead cops. I said, you should do a remix of this song. And um, he did it. He actually took the stems from the vocals and the guitars and, and he did his own version of it you know, beats per minute. And it sounds pretty crazy. It's, uh, I I enjoyed it. I let him run with it. And I, and so to make a partnership with this, it's, it's a new chapter. It's a new step. It's not saying I'm going to go join the force tomorrow, but, uh, surprises, life's full of surprises, man. Right.
1: Younger, you would have not predicted this pairing.
0: No, uh, I would I would have been against it. And even though if it was something you know, I I used to shoot myself in the foot all the time. Things that were good for me, I would not do just because that was the way I thought. You know, I would not do it. Yeah, it's just yeah, live and learn, and new things happen. So it's kind of crazy. It's really crazy, and it's not for everybody. But it's just uh, you know, if you're a fan of poison idea, it's definitely interesting.
1: Right. And f- fill me in or correct me if I'm incorrect, because I want to make sure we're, we're f- as factual as possible. I believe the identity of this person is probably anonymous to protect them.
0: Yeah. He, you know, he, he can't do anything with, uh, he can't advertise. He, you can't, like, you know, you can't take photos with the, the his uniform or he can't, you know, yeah it's just, and, and I, I was talking to him a couple of days ago, I gave him the record and he was saying, well, there's a, there's a guy on the force that's kind of a fan, but, um, you know, he's, he just moved out of town because he, they, they printed his name in the paper and, uh, people went to his house and <laughs> kept, uh, smashing his windows every night and, and tormenting his wife. And so the people drove him out of town. I'm like, well, that's, you know, your wife and your children are kind of off, but, uh, You know, that's the way the world is. There's extremes on both sides. And I'm just saying that, uh, you know, people, there's like 5% on this side, 5% on this side and 90% in the middle and uh, us 90% are just scratching our heads going, what the fuck is going on? You
1: know? Right. And nothing is black and white. I like that you said that at the top, like, hey, you know, you very good uh, allegory there to the church. I have known some terrible cops. I know some really good cops that I grew up with. There's no, we're not saying, hey, Cool cops who are fascist cops who are brutal cops who are racist you're not a, we don't welcome you we're not friends <laughs> we're not no, gonna shake no. hands and ever be cool um, of course not but, they're, but they're the, yeah
0: they're the most notorious gang out there i mean there's some yeah. bad bad gangs running yeah. around but these guys these guys are like you know they they have you know they can get away with it and and they're just it's it's they're horrible and i'm just saying that needs to be acknowledged and people need to tell the truth about, you know, like right. I said, well, like you said about churches, just any, anybody there's, there's good and there's bad in, in every aspect. So. Right.
1: I, I do. I I do believe that there are people who sincerely want to do the most good and somehow believe being a cop is the way for that. And I just like, I do believe there are faithful people who want to help people who go into the clergy and they're not malicious or perverted or horrible and they don't have alternative agendas but also we've grown up at you know 40 50 years later 40 years later nixon reagan bush 1 bush 2 trump biden everybody like you know it's hard to trust anybody when we've been let down so many times as a society and and i know that's a huge thing to unravel but i just feel like the things that i've learned from poison idea music is
0: you know trust is earned and and respect is not given until earned you know of course and question everything too it's like you know what it's like a bizarre world it's like Good is bad and, and up is down. And it's like these things that we were taught were good are all, you know, these people that we were taught to re- to respect and to trust. They're the bad ones and, and the ones that you would not think are actually who offer love. And, and it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, yeah, like I said, it's like a bizarro world. It that's, really that's a, is. That's a comic <laughs> reference.
1: It is. It is. Good one, too. It's one of the few DC references <laughs> I will allow. But, uh, you know, they do better on the comics than they do on any other media. So we'll give them their their props for the history of, of DC Comics. No comment on corporate Warner Brothers or anything like that. Whatever they're called, Discovery, go, you know, bite, bite me. But anyway, um, you know, uh, you know, and it's just really like I said, you used, you know, like in a in a really not just an eloquent way, but a, a, a way, you know, there are there are lyricists in punk rock that were obtuse. There were lyricists that were straight to the throat. And I always feel like, you know, Poison Idea and what you guys did was really like a handbook, an anarchist handbook in music in a way. Because, you know, there, there are a lot of literate people out there, like I said, well-read people. But you really were teaching lessons, even though you were rallying the troops in a way and waking people up to, you know, the horrors of the world. But also it was like educational. It really was early punk, the or original hardcore, original punk really did that. And, you know, I can shut, you know, bad religion. Uh, Black Flag, you can name the names, but Poison Idea is one of those groups and, and, you know, really meant a lot to me coming up, even though I was not traditionally uh, an original punk person.
0: Yeah, well, there was so many, so many bands and they were kind of like yesteryear's internet. They were telling us, you know, like I said, the, the MDCs were broadcasting the Texas, what the atrocities of the Texas police. And, um, you know, I I learned about Pinochet or art or these, you know, injustices in Japan or wherever. It was like punk rock by them, you know, by us talking about what we saw, and what we were experiencing around our lives. We were broadcasting that out there, putting out those those musical flyers, basically. and, And just, you know, everybody punk rock was it was definitely people thought it was mindless and stupid. And there were some, you know, cartoonish Ramon stuff. But a lot of people were rallying cries. It was like the Paul Revere's on with guitars back in those days,
1: right? The before the CNN of the ghetto and rap, we had punk, and uh, you know, and listen, there's I love the Ramones. I'm from New York City, so you know, I I get it. Like the Ramones, hey
0: Ramones, were political too. they did the KKK took my baby away and all those, and they, <laughs> I mean, and yeah. The, but then he's like the Mario Bartranero or whatever. It was right. kind of he, but uh, yeah, I mean, I sure the Ramones, like I said the other day about my growing up you know and i was into this band into that band you know how they let me down you know when i was a child how i would have pledged my life for kiss when i was like you know 10 and then kiss just disappointed me and and the ramones i state the ramones never disappointed me they never and they never did they were always the one band that just you know they were great of course and i just think like you know once you become a certain level of rock band and
1: ramones i you know growing up in new york city for me ramones were on classic rock radio right next to kiss so to me unaware as a child of the punk movement happening until a few years later i was like oh this is another awesome rock band and i didn't realize there was a subtext to a lot of ramones stuff but i don't want to talk only about the Ramones, and i will get back to the badge in one second and i appreciate you humoring me But I want to talk about Portland for a second in terms of shaping the values of of Poison Idea and your work and your your career, because, you know, it's not New York and it's not L.A. And it's not Watts and it's not Brooklyn. But Portland, even, you know, I know there's kind of a public perception of Portland today, keep Portland weird and Portlandia and all these things, which are all true and fair. And, you know, caricatures are sometimes, you know, art sometimes does represent real life. But it's interesting to me. Portland is really like a nexus point, not of weird cool counterculture people from san francisco or anywhere else but there was a reason for unrest there was a reason for distrust there was a reason we needed some anarchy historically in portland and i wanted to get you to talk about that a little bit and what at what point would you awaken to you know what what your calling was not just in the music but why local to you what what about portland was like oh i need to fight this or, or wake up people to this
0: well it's the west coast it's the Pacific Northwest. It's the end of the pioneer trail. It's as far as you can go is being a pioneer. It's like people trying to escape whatever from the East and live their free life the way they want and get away from the rules and make their own happening. And um, people came out here and did that. And by me saying people, everybody, people followed the The people from san francisco in the 60s came up and that kind of from california it kind of uh the people who were here before the old guard didn't really i mean all of a sudden the new it it was like injecting color into this black and white picture you know they had their rules and and their sets and their uh you know the police corruption was notorious in portland it was in in all the port towns seattle and san francisco and portland was um you know there was shanghaiing and uh slavery, a lot of human slavery for for decades and decades. And, um, this was ingrained in the citizens, the people who lived here and the people in power and who, you know, the logging barons who built the town and, uh, they weren't going to give up easy. They weren't going to just turn it over to the hippies coming up in the sixties. And they, and the people came up and started living here and started (laughs) living in Portland. And they, it was a, clash it was a clash and uh it was a very liberal town and it took uh, took a while to do but they the, they came in you know i i loved it i it was being like a punk in the 70s in portland was it was scarier than well new york you know you had people actually shooting you or los angeles like gang shooting you but portland it was like they just thought you were out of your mind they thought you were insane and, and they had no qualms about just you know putting you down like an animal so uh well, you had that, but um, the whole the whole politics of the town has, has been, you know, like I said, the the whole liberal agenda came in and they got entrenched in the city politics and the state politics. and they now they dug in their heels and they I hope they would realize that they've kind of made mistakes with things like um, they decriminalized all drugs, like like fentanyl and uh, you know, xylazine and methamphetamines. And there's shit that's just straight up poison. There's no, it's not a recreational drug. You can't, there's nothing enjoyable about this stuff. It's, it's, it's poison, poison, but it's decriminalized. So people can sell it and there's, they don't go to prison for it. they not go to jail. And uh, it's, it's a psychosis drug. You, once you take it, you're pretty much automatically hooked and uh, it destroys your brain. People are actually, you know, we, we have the people in Portland now that are attacking people and chewing people's faces off are out of their fucking minds and the government is just like you know freedom you you know the right to do that you can do whatever you want here you know and then feed these people and and i think they made a mistake and they're just they don't want to admit it and they're doubling down and they're saying you know no no and and meanwhile people are just going you know what just say you made a mistake and just uh you know, reverse this. But that's, that's the kind of the place I live in now. And I watch this, I've lived here all my life and I've seen this happen. And it just took after just being like a punk rocker and asking why all the time, well, what? why, why does this happen? What's the meaning of that? You know, it's, well, it's because people don't want to work. Well, why don't they want to work? Well, it's because they're, well, why is that? Well, it's, be, you know, and so you ask and you get to the root of it. And it's like, right now we have a homeless crisis in the city that is you know, I'm starting to work in social services because I think that's a way to give back to my, my community. I've been here all my life, so I'm starting to work as a peer outreach counselor in the field to go out to try to talk to people and see if they would like to get help because there is help offered available for people. It's just, it's just, I don't know, it's mind boggling. It's mind boggling in the way this, that you, you meet people on the street and you're like, you try to talk to them and you're like, where are you from? They're like, well, I'm from Louisiana. Well, how did you get here? You're like, well, I went to my social services in Louisiana. And they say, where would you like to go? Go to San Francisco. We'll give you a bus ticket, vouchers. And they're sending people. Florida is sending people here. And people, the media doesn't talk about that. There's people, there's so many people, thousands of people on the streets here. And they're all from, they're sending them here. Like like the way the, the Florida did to New York, to uh, that place up in New York. They sent the the immigrants. And that was national news because it was kind of a talking point. And it was like, like, see their sides doing this. And it was like, but here it's like, nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's like, it's, it's like I say, it's fucking crazy. And I'm just trying to make some, put some calm into it, make some sense into it. And uh, I can't fix it, but I'm trying to help with whatever I can do. It's just like, you know, before it's completely, My, I have a brother who's a Christian and he's a missionary and he, and he goes down to Mexico and visits jails and brings the, prisoners stuff in in Mexico and he'll he'll give them you know the shoes off his feet if they ask if he wants and he and that's just to me that seems like it's just something that people's if everybody if everybody had just a little teeny bit of that in them it would be the place would be a lot better than than people being cynical and you know the like we were talking about earlier the internet assassins and and the whole attitude of just being you know rot it's just it's just I don't know it's just a I don't know. You get sick of it after a while. You know, I, you live in, in darkness and negativity for years and years, and it's just, and you see it, and one day you step back and look at it, and you go, this is ugly, and disturbing. Are you a fan of all things horror? Do you love getting goosebumps and feeling the hairs on the back of your neck stand up? Then you won't want to miss Michaela Superstar of the Blunt Letters new podcast, Bleed With Me. Join Michaela and her guests as she takes you on a journey through the darkest corners of the human psyche, exploring the twisted and terrifying world of horror. From supernatural creatures to serial killers, Bleed With Me will leave you on the edge of your seat and begging for more. So turn off the lights, grab your headphones, and join Michaela Superstar of the Blunt Letters for Bleed With Me. Listen now on your favorite podcast app.
1: Right on. You definitely shake your head. I do thank you for, you know, actually backing up your words and your your beliefs with the actual work in the community. And I will say as an, a lifelong East Coaster that has moved out West, I think there was a perception that the Pacific Northwest and California and Northern California are you know, were more, you know, pliable if you were struggling. And I do I do know that gentrification has really got its hands around the throat of Portland now, and it's not an affordable city like it used to be. Seattle certainly is unaffordable. I live in San Francisco. It's certainly not affordable uh, for most people and for working class people and for families. It really is hard. And ba- I back you on that assert- assertion. Uh, about the badge, just to circle back, because I think it's all interconnected to me. Uh, You know, Poison Idea is a band. There's very few bands that punks and metalheads agree on. And I think the middle era of Poison Idea was super interesting because you guys sort of broke away from the old school, traditional hardcore and really sort of incorporated other musical things that weren't as, you know, I think crossover wasn't like a a popular term then. You know, we had DRI and we had suicidal. They were becoming kind of more a step toward heavier rock and metal. But Poison Idea brought in other musical influences, not just the lyrical influences, but the music. And for some reason, metalheads like heavy. I remember being a metalhead in high school and getting a, you know, Poison Idea tape and being like, oh, this is right up my alley for some reason, even though I was also listening to Slayer and Metallica.
0: Well, I mean, we always we were always into all kinds of music. I mean, Tom was always into rock and roll. He always liked, you know, Scorpions when he was a kid, the old Scorpions with Uli. And um, you know, mountain and whatever heavy music there was, and you know, we all did. We're music fans. We weren't just like punks in the. We had to listen to punk because there wasn't really a lot of good punk music at the time. You know, when I remember when Motorhead came out, thinking, "Wow, this is a really good hard rock band, almost like a punk band," and then hearing Venom, and then hearing this, and then hearing, "Wow, that's that's what we like. That sounds good." But at the same time still loving hank williams still loving johnny cash and just playing honestly i think we just loved the music and we got better at playing our instruments we played and we tried to emulate what we what we liked we got faster and at the same time we also played we tried to incorporate you know we would do wayne kramer's version of the harder they come we would do other things anything that's rock anything that sounds good anything that's i mean Okay, come on. We did do. We got the beat by the Go Go's one time because we it was funny and it was kind of a novelty. But that is, that's even some of that stuff's even fun. We we're a fan of music, all kind of, kinds of music across the board. But you can't deny the feeling and the power of rock and roll, heavy metal. I mean, like I say, I I just say Motorhead and I just get goosebumps on the back of my neck. You know, hard rock and roll, and that's kind of thing. With like Discharge does too. Discharge to me discharge sounds like a really intense black sabbath it just sounds like you know even though it's completely day and night but then we go back to the same thing again it's like everything is on a different spectrum everything is the same day and night is the same thing just varies in degrees so discharge in a way is black sabbath just varying in a degree you know of intenseness so it's all it's all yeah we we love music we love Rock and roll. And um, I mean, I remember first Metallica it was second Metallica was a masterpiece. We tried to play what got us off and um, we didn't want to be corny. We didn't want to all of a sudden one year grow our hair and like start, you know, wearing high tops. And, and you know, we it just came natural. That's what we were into and we liked it and if we could have played like that when we first came out we would have but we only knew three chords at that time so we had to work with what we had
1: nice i highly recommend to ghost Cult listeners to check out keith morris's book because he talks about seeing go-go's for the first time before they were popular and how subversive he thought they were and really cool stuff i i back i back you on the go-go's i'm still a fan and i and i know the history so i think it was really interesting that they ended up becoming kind of a pop phenom and unlikely rock and roll hall of famers and uh, all that jazz, but you know, they definitely were a subversive meant to be subversive in OC when they first came out.
0: Definitely subverting it from the inside. Right on.
1: Let me ask you a question just regarding the badge when you first heard, and I know that, you know, some of these bands are compli- have complicated histories, but when you first heard Pantera cover the badge on the Crow soundtrack or that Machine Head has covered Alan's on Fire or even Metallica has played a Poison Idea song live, did it fill you with pride? Was it complicated for you? you like, oh, this is cool. Maybe it's not cool. How did you first feel about it?
0: Well, you know, like I say, we've tried to cover Metallica before. We've covered, we've done those songs. It's all tribute. It's all rock and roll. And um, honestly, like you said, the history aside, when Pantera covered it, they actually threw a little twist in there and we all looked at each other and went, wow, that's pretty cool. Why didn't we think of doing that? So I'm all for doing, you know, I like people injecting their little bit of flavor into it. That's, you know, their spice. That's how great things, great food dishes are made. Somebody takes a piece of toast and adds a piece of cheese and all of a sudden you have a grilled cheese sandwich. Like, hey, check this out. I, I improved your piece of toast. That's what you know. Progress is, and I think I, I liked all those versions of it. I liked all those versions. I mean, Turbo Negro did songs by a lot of people. We we have a new record coming out, A Poison Idea. It's like a, not a new one. It's a tape we did years ago, but we covered uh, like a Jody Foster's Army song or some shit like that. So we're always, you know, we were always playing around with other people's stuff and and jamming that hippie word jamming that. that but uh, I liked it. It was a tribute. It was a tribute when Metallica did that. Here in Portland, they they broke into a Poison Idea song on stage, and uh, you know I think that's cool. When when the Foo Fighters played in uh, Chicago, they had Naked Reagan come up and play, and that's that's a tribute. It's like giving it back, you know, and it's like exposing people who don't know, you know. It's kind of like it's kind of like Led Zeppelin doing you know Howlin' Wolf or something. It's like you're like oh that's a Led Zeppelin song. You're like no that's actually Howlin' Wolf song or or Nirvana doing Lead Belly, you know. It's like getting back to where the pure, where it's from. And that's, and that's beautiful. That's what it should, you know, people should do that. Know where it all came from. You know, we didn't invent this. We're just borrowing it.
1: Nice. It's not the most punk rock question I've ever asked, but did the financial success of the crow, which is one of the best-selling soundtracks ever from that era in the nineties. And you had nine inch nails covering joy division and a lot of other originals and great songs. Did you see that the band see kind of a bump there wasn't, you know, did it help with sales? Were you, was it curious to you that suddenly this thing is out there in the world and people are digging it or was it not helpful to the band at all?
0: Well, listen, I I have a book that's out through Amazon. It's called Black Heart Fades Blue. And uh, just like I'm talking here, not pulling my punches in this book, I don't pull any punches either. And I basically, I thought I was going to be gone. I didn't think I was going to be around anymore. So I was kind of writing a confession. I was writing a long confession and it just kind of once I started spilling my beans about everything I did, it just opened the floodgates and I said everything I've ever done. And it was, it's pretty intense, but the the badge, the Pantera thing, that, that definitely fueled our uh, lifestyle. You know, there's only like what two of us left (laughs) out of that. I'm not saying that that, you know, we, we did it by our own hands, but, um, we were hard, hardcore drug addicts. (laughs) That's what I want to say. And, uh, you know, that's, that, that's where that went. So it was, yeah, we like it. We were happy. Thank you very much. We had some amazing parties. We went to, to, to some amazing places in our heads.
1: <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I uh, sadly have not yet gotten your memoir, which I believe came out last year. I do need to catch up on that. And maybe we'll reconnect another time in the future after I've boned up on it and we can chat about that if you like. Uh, but this has been wonderful. The badge, Seven Inch, is coming out on Record Store Day. Shout out to Record Store Day for driving people into record stores. I know that kind of there's a consumerism thing about it. I also collect vinyl and I'm I love having the vinyl from my, you know, it tickles my nostalgia funny bone, but I know it's kind of a weird capitalist thing to collect the thing. But thank you for this. I'm excited to hear about this poison idea tape and we'll be on the listen out and the lookout for that. And just in general, Jerry, thank you so much for hanging out with me today and, and sharing your story with the Ghost Cult magazine listeners. Thank you so
0: much. It was beautiful. Thank you. Have a good day. Cheers, everybody. <laughs> This has been another episode of the Ghost Quote Magazine Podcast. Check us out at ghostquotemag.com and follow our socials at Ghost Quote Mag. Until the next time, peace.